0: you mm-hmm. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today I'm honored to have another guest with me, Wendy. She's a local business owner, a friend of mine. I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit, but today we're going to be talking about strength training, specifically in menopausal women. But first, before we get started, Wendy, take some time, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Uh, my name is Wendy Welsher, and I am the founder of My Joyous Adaptive Momentous Movement, a.k.a. My Jam, and also um, an online platform. I am the founder called Joyful Inclusive Movement, a.k.a. Jim. We are taking the Jim, the toxic Jim word, J-Y-M, no, G-Y-M, <laughs> Um back from diet culture, fat phobia, and weight bias, and we are rebranding it to Joyful Inclusive Movement. Um, I have been a personal trainer for nine years and uh, my jam has been just celebrated in February, it's third anniversary. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I just need to make myself extra busy. And I'm also an athlete, too. At 48, I decided to become an athlete. Well, I'm always an athlete. Your first competition this month. Yep. And so that's exciting because I just saw something like how Oprah got fired at 23. And so she wasn't technically Oprah then. Yeah. Uh, What's her name? Vera Wang. She didn't become a designer until she was 40. And somebody else didn't become something until they were in their thirties, forties, fifties. So yeah. I was like, okay. So yeah, I'm an athlete at 48, a competitive I- athlete. Should I say? Yeah. Always been an athlete, but a competitive athlete.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. And then
1: I actor. Lo-
0: yep. <laughs> For sure, for sure. I have loved, personally, the time that me and you spend together, Wendy. I have just loved you educating me more on fat phobia and size inclusion. Like, I see on your profile how you're a size inclusion specialist. I want you to talk a little bit more before we get into the i talk a little bit more about, like, what that means um, and how that's different for certain people.
1: Um. So size inclusive is not a trend. It is actually the majority of What, over 65% of Americans are as obese, quote-unquote, air quotes, big air quotes, Mm -hmm. um, because of the stupid BMI. And we all know BMI is bullshit because it was made in the late 1800s and statistically just on white men. um, Or, excuse me, European men or whatever. Yeah. So, and of course... But for some reason the medical industry decided to keep that as their scope of practice. But now like they're realizing that one, it's problematic because trying to keep those realistic goals, um, it turns I think it's I read one study that 65% of doctors are fat phobic. And, yeah. <clears throat> and they basically treat their parents or parents treat their patients. Um, with that fat phobia in mind and basically, basically, oh, you need to go lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And so then of course that creates white coat syndrome. And then a lot of people don't want to go and seek care because they don't feel safe or listened to. And I feel like that's just the medical industry these days because of the insurance companies making them see so many freaking people. Like, uh, I tried to get on my husband's or with my husband's doctor so that we can do a couple of yeah. appointments or whatever, go at the same time. And she said, I can't switch you over to me. Um, you have to like search. And she said that she was, she's supposed to only have, this was also 10 years ago. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. 10 years ago that she was only supposed to see at the time, 1250 Patients.
0: 150 patients?
1: She sees over 22, uh, only over 20, 2,500 patients.
0: Oh my gosh. That's crazy. And, uh,
1: where's the quality of care right there? It's gone. It's shot. Yeah. And um, so um, it really started, I would say about 10 years ago, body positivity through movement really started to come. I guess, more well-known. Um, and so through the years also trying to be, beca- uh, have more brands become more inclusive because honestly, like the larger population gets the shit under the stick They They can't go shopping. They can't, um, in normal, like, you know, in straight size, uh, clothing, um, they have to order all their stuff online or whatever. And so, um, it's always been stigmatized as fat equals unhealthy when that's not true whatsoever at all. Uh you could be fat and fit at the same time. My blood work is totally and completely fine and my doctor says I'm fine. I just happen to be on the larger scale of things. So um yeah, so it doesn't matter what size you are. Honestly, I think it just comes down to your blood work. If your blood works fine, then you're fine. Yeah. You're healthy. Like there shouldn't be, um, a gauge on what you look like. Like you don't, what is the saying? Don't judge a book by its cover. So don't judge my body by what, what it looks like. Cause you have no idea. You don't know if I come from an eating disorder or if I have ECOS or endometriosis or a thyroid issue or, Whatever. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's such a good point. That's <laughs> actually, you can't judge one, especially by how they perform. I remember when I was younger, being in high school, I was an athlete and I played basketball, but running long distances was not my thing. And every freaking semester, we would have that like mile run that would have to be timed. And there was this girl, she played soccer and she was bigger. Technically, she would be obese compared to the BMI scale. Yeah dusting girls every time. She could run forever. Her mile time was great. And I remember seeing her like, you would think because she doesn't look like what, this ideal programmed figure that people have put into our brain, that that means that she can't perform well. But that's not true. So that was my first time seeing like, okay, doesn't matter at all. Like, yeah, it makes it like you carry more weight, but you're fucking killing it. Like you are strong and you can still perform all the things you need to perform.
1: Lizzo. She plays the flute, dances, and sings. Like yeah. her, her what she actually um so like Miley Cyrus, I actually like her um voice coach. Her voice coach makes her run on the treadmill and sing at the same time. So I think uh, I remember seeing Lizzo posted one time that she was like gonna try it. That shit's hella hard. Like, or it was vice versa. Or I think I don't know. So it was something yeah. that but um like Lizzo can sing however long she sings she dances she shakes that ass and she's amazing like and that is to me that is the epitome of fit right there because if you can still sing super good and play the flute a wind instrument yeah she's got better cardiovascular than most
0: (laughs) Agreed.
1: I totally agree. Okay.
0: Thanks for explaining that. I wanted people to know a little bit more about size inclusion and um, exactly how you specialize in that and how you help people find they're stronger than no matter what their body looks like. Awesome. So I want to know that a little bit um, about strength training and menopause. So um, I don't know about a lot of people, but I've ran into this conversation a bit with some of my moms who I'm taking care of who are starting to transition into this part of their life. And for some reason, they're getting further and further away from strength training. I don't know if it's fearful, um, or just not knowing what to do or how to use the weight. And they're getting more towards like yoga and Pilates, which is nothing wrong with that. But as we're gonna talk about today, when it comes to menopause and many changes in our body, one of the things is we get lower estrogen, which plays a role in like our bone health, which can lead to things like osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, yes, we we'll need movement and mobility and your know, flexibility, but strength training is going to be the biggest thing that's going to help just provide better you know, bone density and bone quality. So I want you to talk a little bit about strength training and menopause and kind of where that falls.
1: So um, anybody who is going to experience menopause um, at the age of 35 is when- the loss of hormones start to go down. And so the first thing that goes is, as you said, bone density, but also lean muscle mass. And so because we don't have, it's what loss of progesterone and then also loss of natural produced testosterone, which testosterone is what builds um, muscle. And so with those, we are going to lose it. We can actually lose it faster as we get, as we get older, like how, like, you know, when you're in your twenties or, you know, early thirties, how easy it was. Like I just, even now, like the 10 year difference of me, like being at my disordered exercise behavior, like how I was riding 16 miles a day, doing two hours of strength training or hit or, you know, circuit training, um, counting calories binging purging like all that stuff (laughs) that was easy to bounce back with back then but now like i'm feeling the repercussions of all of that because i'm 10 years older and even though i have kept my movement journey it's not as intense as it was but i still work out three to four days a week you know, I'm also a trainer. So like being in the gym, you're still demonstrating or whatever. Um, I still can feel my body feel different from it did 10 years ago. Yeah. And, then um, I'm probably, go- I think I'm going off on a tangent, but that's,
0: that's what, this is what I love tangent <laughs> <laughs> I'm over with it. Yes.
1: Um, but so I basically with everything, like trying to find um natural ways of dealing with menopause, whether it's supplements or whether what kinds of movement are for what kinds of symptoms that you're having. Like for example, um my anti-anxiety med is actually a med that they prescribe. So my OBGYN said that they treat the symptoms. Um, they don't treat, um, like they're not going to take your estrogen, progesterone or testosterone levels. They're just going to, whatever symptoms you're having, they're just going to throw some medication at it. And so you have to then take charge of yourself and become an advocate for yourself and do the things that you need to do in order to one stay out of the hospital or whatever but also like you kind of have to be your own prescriber so to se- so to say se- or so to speak
0: yeah.
1: so like if you're experiencing hot flashes um any times of jo- uh, joints joint pain uh yoga pilates water aerobics are really good for those symptoms Strength training overall will help with osteoporosis, will help with your muscle mass, will then protect your joints. So, like, your muscles are, like, the mo- to me, are the most important thing in your body because your brain is a muscle, too. And so it helps your cognitive um, function. It helps your mobility function. Your strength, just sitting up, like, getting up and down off the toilet, like... Um, I know my, mo- oh, and when was the last time I know you have a, ch- you have a baby, but, and you'd probably get down on the floor with them. Yep. But just think before that, before the baby, when was the last time you were actually on the ground?
0: For me, I spent a lot of time on the
1: ground. That is true. That is
0: true. <laughs> most people don't. Most people don't. I think about it, like watching shows doing whatever. Most of the time I'm I'm on the ground. But you are right. And I think I spend more time on the ground now because I do have a kid with him rolling around. But most people don't.
1: Yes. Right. So like, for example, me, um, I think I do. I spend time on the ground because I purposely put myself down there because one, you got to know how to get up. Yes. And if you don't have any muscle mass, you're not going to get your ass up. You're going to have to push that life alert and be Mm -hmm. like, I've fallen and I can't get up. And I make jokes at it right now, but it is super serious because I actually had one of my clients, she's 72, she slipped and fell and she was stuck in her bathroom for two days before she got, um, she could have died there before yeah. she got, uh, found her nephew came in and found her and she's like, was so thankful, but she was stuck there for two days cause she couldn't get herself up. And she said that she used to be like the epitome of health. She used to like, she used to do triathlons, right? bike, you know, do all sorts of things. And one of her goals is to um, go paddle boarding with her daughter. And so that's a lot of balance. And, oh, so also muscle mass also helps increase your balance too. So it's like one of those things. And yeah, so because of diet culture, and strength training, they, um, diet, the diet industry is always saying like, Oh, get toned or lose weight or blah, 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 blah. So the majority of times, if you overdo it, your body and you don't fuel yourself with food, your body, the first thing that it's going to be after it uses up the ATP. And then after it uses up, um, your food as fuel, it's going to start using, uh, uh, your muscles as fuel. And then you're like doing a workout for absolutely no benefits whatsoever at all, because your body's just eating up your muscle because you're not fueling yourself at all. And so, and that's the one thing, like people are like, Oh, I'm $1,200 or 1200 calorie. No, you need more than that. And that's the one thing, uh, that people don't understand is that we need at least 2,200 calories. Yep. And so, but, um, diet industry says no. Like I remember my doctor telling me to restrict and I was like, you do see that I have an eating disorder in my file. Oh no, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't trigger you. And then I actually recorded two doctors
0: patients, and they can't keep up with all of them. What's that? I so said that's because they have 2500 patients and they can't keep up with all of them, which is ridiculous.
1: Yes. And hey Um but it's, you know, like they're still prescribing well then that's the one thing that sucks too is like they're still telling their patients to lose weight and restrict calories and you need in order to keep your bones, you need to eat plenty of protein. Oh, protein. Hey, I know you're excited about protein, <laughs> uh, but protein, like, and that's the one thing that people think is that strength training is going to bulk them up. It's not going to bulk them up. Like one, we have, uh, excuse me, the estrogen and progesterone because those are are the dominant hormones in most female bodies that you're not going to bulk up because there's not enough testosterone. So that's why like the bodybuilders who take steroids, it's hormone, it's testosterone based hormones. That's how they can bulk up. So one, you're not going to create enough testosterone in your own body by uh, strength training because unless you're taking testosterone um, which you know some people are and if they still have their reproductive organs they still may experience some symptoms of menopause as well yeah um so uh but because there's the myth of bulking up there's um the you know the diet culture myth of once, you know, you have to restrict calories in order to lose weight or yeah. that like, losing weight is the, um, the all to, all end all like, you know, for happiness and wellness, but shouldn't, it, it should be feeling good, like feeling good in your own skin, having energy yeah, throughout your day and being able to do the movements that you want to do. That's, that's what our doctors should be focusing on.
0: I agree. I totally agree. I feel like now more people are understanding the importance of um of strength training because like you mentioned between diet culture, um, we've got away from what was I about to say? We got away from, or being fearful of lifting weights. So I feel like now more people are understanding it. Now people are understanding that, okay, I need to eat to fuel my body so I can lift these weights. So I can, in my opinion, you do get tone and just feel stronger in your body. So I'm hoping that, especially with people listening to this, that strength training becomes a more regular routine for people and that they're incorporated into their everyday life that, you know, Two to three times a week so they can do all the moves that they want to do and so they can feel stronger in their body um this is definitely a little tangent but i wanted to say something about like your 72 year old client um i have a couple clients that are older over 60 who are definitely either middle of menopause now or like post-menopausal and balance and falling is something that they're so afraid to do so one of the biggest things that we talk about especially from their first visit on is i have them get on the floor in of my office and they definitely don't want to, it's like, oh, they make the comments of, I don't know how I'm going to get back up. And my comment is like, well, that's what we need to work on. Because the biggest thing isn't falling. That's not the scariest thing. The scariest thing is being afraid that you can't get back up on your own. Yes. most of the time, when people come into my office, if they're older in that population, they're afraid about that. We're getting on the ground and we're working from there and working our way up. That's important, and that plays a role in the losing of our uh, estrogen, like we talk about, which decreases our bone yeah. density, which definitely makes us feel, you know, unbalanced and not as strong. So we need that, you know, that strength training. We need that increase in muscle mass. That's the only way we're going to feel stronger in our body. It's something make-
1: that supports your body too. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to be a skeleton.
0: wobbling around, no muscle mass.
1: <laughs> I don't even know. You can't even see what I'm doing, but. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was my interpretation of being a skeleton. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Oh gosh. I'm with you all day. Okay. So last thing I want to bring up, I want you to give us any type of tips or suggestions that you would have for women who are experiencing menopause and um, what they should do in their training, um,
1: if they are looking for a trainer, uh, the first things is is you're interviewing them as the trainer's interviewing you, and so you know ask those hard questions. Ask them if they know about um, what you're going through and how they can best help you. Ask. Um, Sorry, I think my mom just got here. And so that's why I just got totally distracted. <laughs> um, what to do. Okay, so telling people like, yeah, so and have them tell, tell whoever you're at, or even like, make an appointment with a, like, let's say if money is a budget, there are plenty of online programs that you could do that have strength training. Jim is one of them. Joyful Inclusive Movement is one of those online platforms. You get a free month, but there's, um, we're going to
0: have a. What's that? I'll be sure to tag Jim in the episode notes. So if anyone wants that resource, they can get to it.
1: Um, but like there, I have the evolution of a squat in there. It is three part little mini series of, starting straight from the ground going all the way up so that one that's going to increase your being able to get up and off of a chair which then by the end you should also be able to get up and down off the floor but there's online um options there's um personal options but definitely you want to feel safe you want to feel heard and um 'Cause I think honestly, like if you're gonna start your journey, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're in if you're in Perry post or or yeah. during, in the middle of menopause, like just start just start yeah. moving. Um I'm trying to think of what else. But honestly, I like I feel with how things are in this day and age Feeling safe and feeling heard are like the two most important things that when it comes to a movement journey, that you feel those things first when seeking a place a you know, either a fitness studio or a gym or whatever, that you feel those two first before you start your movement journey. So a lot of times I even tell people, start at home. You
0: guys where you feel safe. a safer place. Than home. I agree. I agree. I love it. You mentioned being heard. That is, you have to be the biggest advocate for yourself. That's something that I feel like it kept coming up in today's conversation of being an advocate for yourself and being able to start your movement journey in a place where you feel safe. Hopefully with some guidance, whether that is an online trainer, online program, just all those options, which I love. I want to make sure I was talking about earlier, I'll make sure that I tag Jim in the bottom of here so people can have access to that, so they can know where to go. And then lastly, if people want to get in contact with you, if people want to get in, uh, uh, get in reach with you, what is the best way to do so?
1: Um, you could go to my website, which is www.myjam.com dot rocks r o c k s and I have a book consultation um tab on my website and it has my availability on there and you can uh make an appointment with me and we could just chit chat and you know if you have questions on where to start, we can go into what you're looking for and whatnot and take it from there,
0: okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'll make sure I put that at the bottom too as well so you guys will have the information in my episode notes as well as her Instagram so you can follow her. I hope you guys found today's episode super valuable as we talked a little bit about diet culture, about what you can do in your menopausal journey and some of the important things that you need in order to just feel stronger in your body. If you want in information, more information, be to follow us on Resilient Spine on Instagram, or follow us over on Facebook. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better, and be more resilient. I holler at y'all in the next episode.